Welcome to Coffee and Conversations with Chris. We're glad you're here. Here's your host, Pastor Chris Atkinson. Hi, my name is Chris Atkinson. I am the pastor of Pinewoods Chapel, and you have stumbled across Conversations with Chris on Thursdays at 11. And through the month of January, we have been talking about the subject of anxiety. And maybe you know someone who has uh, struggled with anxiety. And uh, this is a time where all of us in the world are are feeling the stresses of a pandemic. And uh, this whole uh, feeling of anxiety seems to be at the forefront of our lives. So we've been going through over the last few weeks uh, how to deal with anxiety. First, we talked about what anxiety actually is and how we need to encourage each other through all of that. And uh, then we talked about triggers and identifying our triggers, those things that make us feel anxious. And uh, once we've uh, identified our triggers, to actually examine our triggers and see what uh, those triggers mean in our lives. And then last week, we talked about coping with anxiety, and we talked about a number of of coping mechanisms that you can use to uh, deal with anxiety as it plays out in your life. Uh, And today, we are gonna spend some time talking about how to uh, help others deal with anxiety. So there's a number of good things to be reminded of when we're thinking about anxiety and helping others. Um, We know from our statistics that at different times in different people's lives, as much as 80% of our population has to struggle through mental uh, health struggles. And anxiety is one of those mental health struggles. So when we understand what anxiety is, that it is fear-based and it's driven by chemicals that are in our body that are telling our uh, fear responses in our brain to actually respond. And some of those are uh, stuck and they just continue to fire off the chemicals into our brain and we just feel fear all the time, the, the adrenaline of fear. And so um, as we were trying to help people with this, you may have people in your family, it might not necessarily be you, but that uh, can actually help others cope with their uh, fear by just, just some very basic principles. So I'm gonna spend some time today and just, and just talk about how to help people with anxiety. And, and again, you know, I think there are some great biblical passages that sort of set us up for this. And we see a number of people in scripture, Paul and Timothy, Paul and his mentoring of Timothy to sort of help him through uh, his fear and just reminding him that God did not give him a spirit of fear, but of power, love, and of a sound mind. You know, and I, and I think sometimes we just need that reminder uh, from people that God has not given us this spirit of fear. And when we look at uh, what does give fear, we'll see that it's actually a lot of the circumstances in our world that bring those things uh, to bear. But we need, the, we need to have the eyes of Jesus as we start to talk to people about, and try to help them cope 
with anxiety. And over in, in Matthew uh, chapter 9, we see a great Bible verse that Jesus just has compassion on those that are hurting. And it just says this in, in Matthew 9, 36. It says, when he, Jesus, saw the crowds, he had compassion for them, for they were harassed and helpless like sheep without a shepherd. So here, here we see a number of things that we just need to embrace if we're going to actually help people like this. Number one, we have to, <laughs> we have to see them. We have to have compassion on them. And we have to have compassion to be aware of where they are. And they were harassed. So harassed is a very interesting word because and a harassing is that there are people around them that are actually causing them to feel not safe. Um, and fear is a huge part of being harassed. And they're also helpless. So they, they're in this place where they're actually stuck. And a lot of times there is not good help given <laughs> when we don't see people as helpless. And uh, we just need to be in this spot. And as Jesus saw them, he saw them as sheep without a shepherd. And uh, for those of you who maybe don't know very much about the agricultural industry of sheep, Sheep are not stupid. Let me just throw that out there. They are, in fact, very intelligent beings. Uh, sheep do need someone to protect them, though. Sheep do need uh, people around them so that they can actually care for them. Uh, there are a number of things that they are vulnerable to, whether it's predators or um, just taking care of the wool and making sure it's shorn on a regular basis and you know their, their hooves being trimmed all of these things are uh, needed to take care of sheep and and so the same thing applies to people you know we we need to take care of people so that we can actually help them in this whole process of of dealing with the harassment that they feel and the helplessness that they feel and the only way to do that is actually have compassion on them and Jesus gives us this great example. And I would just say this, if you don't know how to have compassion on people, then uh, you really haven't uh, come face to face with your own struggles and your own uh, dealings because no one is perfect. We all struggle through stuff. And uh, when we struggle through stuff, we can actually have compassion for those who are also uh, hurting and, and helpless as they're trying to struggle and learn. So. Let's, let's take this posture that Jesus had where he just wanted to have compassion and empathy uh, towards uh, people that were struggling with all kinds of things. But we need to have the eyes to see. And, and that's the first thing that if we're going to help people cope, we have to be in this place that Jesus was where he had compassion, empathy, and mercy. And uh, he saw that they were helpless. And he saw that they were harassed. And he actually wanted to come alongside them and help them. So how do we how do we help? Uh, well, <laughs> so basic number one is uh, pray, uh, but pray for healing because the thing about uh, a person that's struggling with uh, anxiety and remember anxiety is connected to fear and nervousness and emotions and chemicals in our body that are connected to those things. Um, Sometimes the mechanism of our body is actually broken. 
And so uh, the lymph node system, not the lymph node system, the limbrotic system that's in our brains, I think that's how you pronounce it, uh, can sometimes get stuck releasing the chemical that produces anxiety in our body. And so that needs to be healed and we can ask God to heal. And on top of that, we can also pray that God would give wisdom for us to help people. And so we need to be in this posture of praying for people and, and praying for their healing, praying for them to overcome uh, the, the stresses of life, the anxiety of life, the, the, the overwhelming fear that they feel, um, and have that uh, brought into perspective with the God of the universe. Now, uh, part of what I'm doing here is I'm equipping you and giving you tools that you can actually use to work with people. Maybe there's people in your family uh, maybe just sharing this video with them might even help uh, them even cope and, and feel meaning in the midst of their own fear where they can actually go and help others. But one of the first things that we need to do when we come across people that are struggling with any kind of mental health issue or anxiety, whatever it is, is taking this posture of listening. And in James chapter 1 verses uh, 19 and, and 20, we we see... Uh, the Apostle James, he's writing this, this great advice to us. It just, it's just slow to speak, quick to listen. You know, we need to be in this place where we are ready to listen to the situation that the person is in so that we can gather information about what they're going through and, and really hear what they're trying to tell us. And this doesn't happen easily for some of us. Some of us actually have a hard time listening to others. Uh, but to, to really listen and engage with the person in a meaningful way so that they know that they've been heard, but also so that you can actually ask questions to gather the information that's needed so that you can possibly point them in a direction or point something out to them that they maybe have not thought of before. Um, Along with listening, don't offer solutions. And sometimes we just want to offer the solution that just, you know, whatever you're fearing because of it. it. Well, no, like just don't tell them why they're doing this. Help them discover why they're doing it. And uh, it's actually very helpful for them to be able to discover why they're going through these things. Uh, instead of you telling them why and giving them the solutions to some of their problems. Now, there's another scripture verse that uh, is a great scripture verse to apply to help people cope with anything, not only uh, the things about anxiety, uh, but, it, but that is to, to teach truth. So in John chapter 8, verse 32, it actually says to to believers, and this is God, Jesus speaking to us, he says, you shall know the truth and the truth will set you free. And when we, when we know the truth about anxiety, when we know the truth as God sees it about our situation, there's a freedom that actually comes from knowing the truth. And so we want to help people understand the truth about their anxiety. And so that may mean putting it in perspective. That might mean uh, listening to them and, and helping them process the anxiety. 
uh, that might actually also mean exposing some uh, misbeliefs uh, that they that they may have some lies that they've uh, begun to hang on to and believe that are actually not true um, and could never possibly come true. And so it's very important for us as we're trying to help people that we are actually exposing lies that they may have held on to that are uh, that are not true that are actually holding them in this posture of fear and and how we do that is we actually just teach the truth and if you know the truth it'll set you free and that's this biblical principle and god's principle in how he's created this world uh, so that people can actually be in a place where they have uh, less anxiety. Uh, another, another way that we can help, and I've said this pretty much every single time that I've been talking about this, is to give hope. And again, going back to Isaiah 35, <laughs> verse 4, it says, Say to those who are anxious, and then God goes on to say, Take courage. Be strong. I will come and deliver you. Now I'm paraphrasing that a little. But that's the whole point of uh, giving hope. You know, yes, you may be fearful. Yes, you may struggle uh, with the situations and circumstances that are around you. But when we give hope to people, we actually tell them that there's something possibly good coming in the future. And so when you say to someone, and that's what I love about that verse so much, because it actually says, just say to them, just say to them, you know, be of good courage, you know, be strong, because God's going to come and he's going to help you through this. And uh, that kind of giving hope is actually uh, very important for us to be able to give to people, because if they don't have hope, they don't have anything. They don't, they don't have anything to help them cope getting through this. And that hope will actually change their perspective on their situation and bring them around to a totally different perspective on, on the situation that they find themselves in. And sometimes we need to ask questions and try to figure out uh, what exactly uh, are the circumstances that they could have hope in. And when we do that, we're actually able to help them through all of this. Now, this next one, it, you might actually be kind of surprised about this one, but I think this one's a, a really great one, and that is just this, focus on the promises. So every time, well, not every time, but pretty much all the time in Scripture, when God's Word says, do not fear, do not fear, do not fear, and I think a lot of us, we read that, and maybe we even use that when you say, don't fear, you shouldn't be fearing. Do not fear. The Bible says do not fear. In fact, the Bible says 365 times, do not fear. So don't fear. It's one for every day. But the Bible, about 90% of the time, when it says do not fear, it actually goes on to talk about a promise. And this is incredibly important because we're taking our attention off of fear and putting it onto a promise. And so when we're talking about fear, we have to be reminded that God has promised us a number of things. And for those of us that have faith in God and trust God that God has a good plan about our life, we actually can take our anxiety and say, okay, I'm not gonna fear, but what I'm gonna do instead is actually focus on the promise 
that God has already said that will happen. And as I focus on this promise, the ability for me to feel fear is lessened because what I'm feeling and what I'm thinking about is actually the promise that God has promised. And so it's, it's actually never helpful to just say something, do not fear, and just leave it at that. But what is helpful is to say, you know, don't fear because God is with you. Don't fear because God is going to help you through this. Don't fear because God knows the end from the beginning. You know, like this, this promise that is connected to not fearing is the important piece of all of those places in Scripture where it actually tells us not to fear. And if we, if we sit here and we go, well, if God is for me and I believe that God is for me and I trust that God is for me, then you're right. I don't need to fear because he's way bigger than my circumstances. Now, one of the other things that I think it is, is so important is that our fear of God is actually larger than our fear of whatever. So a number of times we will find ourselves in these places where we actually fear the things that are around us. And uh, those things bring about anxiety and the feelings of inadequacy and, hey, I can't do this because I'm so stuck in this place of feeling fear. And what we need to realize is in those places where the fear of what is right in front of us is actually larger than the fear that we are to have of God. Because if we fear God, we're actually going to fear him more than we're going to fear the things around us. And over in Proverbs uh, chapter 9, verse 10, it actually says that the fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. Now, wisdom brings perspective because wisdom actually looks at a situation and causes us to think differently about our situation. And so if we want to overcome the fear that we are in, then we have to help people see that they just need a fear of God more than they need a fear of being out in the world or a fear of other things. And this is really understanding that all anxiety is rooted in the mental disposition of fear. And when we are fearing things, we get stuck in this place where we feel the feelings of anxiety. We feel uh, overwhelmed by our situation and we don't know how to cope. Another, another piece that we just need to help people uh, with is help them move from the unknown to the known. And a lot of times people get hung up on anxiety because they just don't know what's coming down the pipe. And like right now we're living in a world where we have stay-at-home orders and we have uh, all kinds of anxious thoughts about the virus and if I go out, will I get it? And, and how will I respond if I do get it? Will I get really sick or will I be asymptomatic? And how do I deal with uh, my situation if it comes into my family? And all of those thoughts begin to cause us to feel nervous, to be anxious. But all of those thoughts are based around the idea that it is unknown. And a lot of anxiety is based on the unknown. And so 
What we want to do when we're trying to help people is help move them from the unknown to what is actually known. And so personal testimonies can sometimes be great to help people move along this, this spectrum of moving from the unknown to the known. Uh, other things that can be really true is just kind of talk it through and, and say, well, is that really true? Is, is that always how it plays out? And uh, as we look at these situations, we can think of stories and, and situations around us that sort of make sense and bring logic and reason to make these fears and these anxieties move from the unknown of what could happen or what might happen to actually what does happen and how do we prepare for something that does happen. And if, and if we live in this place where we're prepared, uh, like I like to say, for the worst case scenario, then we're able to cope with that worst case scenario because we actually do have a plan. And that's the whole idea behind moving the unknown to the known. We want to live in reality. We do not want to live in, in, a, in a figment or a fog of what we think could or may, might even happen in, in our situations. And so a lot of our anxieties, a lot of our, our stresses around all of these things are, are gathered up in this whole idea of fear and the unknown. And as we learn to think through these things by identifying uh, triggers and examining the triggers and then putting coping mechanisms into play, and then actually being in a place where we can take the things that we've learned from the journey that we've been on and actually go and help others in the same process. And as we do this, we get to this place where we do find freedom over our anxieties. And if you've struggled with anxiety like I have, you get to this place where you've learned all these things and then you want to actually share them with others. And this is this is actually part of the healing process because what it does is it brings meaning and perspective to the things that you have been through and you've learned things, you've grown as a person. And so as you get to share that with others, be in this place of mentorship, you can actually help others through this process. So, but it has to be lived first. We have to, we have to be able to identify these triggers and cope through these triggers. And then, and, and then share the wonderful things that we've learned with others so that we can you know, pray for people, pray for their healing, and we can listen to them uh, symp sympathetic and with compassion. And we can be this cheerleader that's cheering them on and encouraging them and, and giving them hope, letting them know that you know, God actually says, I'm going to come and deliver you through the situation that you're in. And... Uh, you know, help expose some of the lies that we believe that bring us to this place where fear just so much captures our thoughts and our life. And uh, changing from not saying to people, do not fear, but to actually focus on the promise that God has given when he says to us, do not fear. Instead of just saying, hey, don't fear, forget about it, and, and you'll be fine. No, that's not how it works because our mind needs to be focused on what God is actually promised when he says, do not fear. So hopefully these are some, uh, just a really quick uh, list of things that we can do to help people uh, that, are, that are struggling with anxiety. 
and it might be you, it might be someone in your family. And uh, if you've got an opportunity to share this with them, put it into your own words, put it into practice in your own life, and then uh, share this with them and, and help people through. And hopefully, as you do this, people will see your faith in God and people will actually be encouraged because God does offer hope in the midst of a world that is broken. And if we know that God can offer hope in this world that is broken, then we should actually encourage and point people to go to God when it, when it comes to dealing with their anxieties and stresses and their sadness and their grief and all of these things. God has uh, equipped the church. He's given everything to God's people that they need to help others overcome these things. May we be like Jesus and be compassionate and see people around us as helpless and being harassed by the things of this world, by the circumstances of life, and want to actually go to them and, and help them through whatever they're struggling with. So if you've got any questions about uh, trying to uh, help others with anxiety, type them in, we'll answer them. If we don't answer them today, we'll answer them in another episode. But it's great to be together continue uh, to go on, move forward, and just know that God is close to those who are struggling and he is wanting to help you, them, all the way through this process. So before we go, let me just take a minute and I'll pray for you. And, uh, and again, if you've got any questions, we'll be glad to answer them. Dear Heavenly Father, thank you so much that you just give grace and mercy to us when we are in these places, that you have compassion on humanity when we are here. So God, I pray that you would turn our attention off of the solutions that the world offers, coping in unhealthy ways, but to turn our eyes and our attention to the healthy coping skills that you present to us. Lord, I pray that each of us that is listening to this would have a, a desire to help others cope with anxiety. And Lord, I pray that the things we've talked about, the wisdom that is in your uh, scriptures, in your word, would just resonate in our hearts and that we would be able to share these things with others and help others uh, cope with the things of this world. So God, we, we trust you, we give you all of our stresses, all of our fears, and we thank you, God, that you promise to be with us, you promise to deliver us, you promise to go before us, and we put our trust in you today. And we pray all of this in the name of your son, Jesus Christ, our Lord and Savior. Amen. Well, it's been good to be together today. I hope uh, you enjoy your day and live in the freedom that God has promised those who have faith and trust in him. We hope you've enjoyed Coffee and Conversations with Chris. If you'd like to support this program, please visit pinewoodschapel.com give. See you next time.